Welcome back to Stage Directions. I'm Ashley Griffin, your theatrical Hermione Granger, and today I wanted to talk about my guide to collaboration and the collaborative process. A lot of people have asked me for advice regarding collaboration as well as about my experiences with collaboration. Collaborating on a new work, specifically as a writer, can either be one of the greatest experiences ever or one of the absolute worst. I find it's a topic not often discussed, and sometimes a few helpful hints can make a world of difference. So this is my guide on how to have a successful collaboration. I've divided types of collaboration up into three sections. The first is co-writing, and that's when two or more people are doing the same job on a project, for example, when two writers are co-writing a play. The second is separate but equal collaboration, which is when two people have different jobs on a project. For example, the most common is probably when a composer is collaborating with a lyricist. And the third I've dubbed ensemble collaboration. And this is more akin to sort of what goes on in the rehearsal room when, say, a writing team is collaborating with a director who's collaborating with a group of actors, or even something more intense than that, such as how a chorus line was created where a bunch of people are in a room together and are together creating a piece from scratch. So those are the three types of collaboration I want to talk about today. How do you two work together? Oh, well, may I answer that? How do we work together? Sure. He goes. And I go. And soon we're humming along. Mm, and that's called writing a song. Mm, then he goes. And I go. So the first is co-writing. To be brutally honest, I would say tread with extreme caution here. I know that sounds really cryptic, but it's true for many, many reasons, especially since this tends to be one of the most common types of collaboration, and it's often entered into very casually. In terms of the most common type, I would say that's probably a little more true in the film industry with people co-writing screenplays or maybe working together in a writer's room on a TV show. Plays aren't quite as often co-written, but it does happen a decent amount of time. So usually it's entered into casually, as I mentioned, in sort of a way of like, hey, BFF, we should totally write a movie together. Or I have this cool idea for a play, want to write it with me? And it's also the easiest to enter into for the wrong reasons. Entering into any kind of collaboration, but especially co-writing, is the equivalent of getting married. And that's not simply metaphoric, it's meant in a very literal legal sense, too. Actually, it's like getting married and instantly having a child. <laughs> Only, whereas in an actual marriage, if it doesn't work out, the two parties can get divorced, and as painful and difficult as it may be, can, in a way, divide the child between them. When you're in a co-authored collaboration that doesn't work out, your only options are to force yourselves to stay together to keep the child, or your work, alive, or quite literally kill the metaphoric baby. When you enter into a co-authorship, you're creating what is legally termed a joint work. This means that the elements of that work cannot be separated. You can't sit down and say, well, I came up with the idea, so that's mine, but you came up with the characters, so those are yours, and I think I wrote this line of dialogue, so that's mine, and then go your separate ways and rewrite your material using none of the influence of the other party. You basically either stay together and follow through on the show film, or the idea is basically dead unless the other party has given you written, not verbal, permission to go it alone, which is actually what happened when Jonathan Larson's original Rent collaborator lost interest in the project and he wanted to move on with it on his own. Now, there are some possible exceptions to this legal issue. You can retain an idea if it is completely yours, and you have proof of that. Um, 
really you want that proof in the form of copyright or having registered it with say the Writers Guild. Sometimes you can prove it if you have emails where you are very clearly the one going to the other person with the pitch. Um, you cannot, however, use or claim credit for anything that you jointly came up with with your collaborator. So if you're really able to reboot completely from scratch with no copyright infringement, it's possible, but it's extremely difficult. Co-writing is also like a marriage in that you get to know your collaborator really intimately. You may be friends with the person you're collaborating with, you may admire them, but that's not always enough to keep a collaboration together. It's the same as when two friends become roommates. Sometimes it works out great, and sometimes it destroys the relationship. Your collaborator may work at a different speed than you. Do you finish all your writing in less than a week? You may be harassing your collaborator who takes months to finish an equivalent assignment to hurry up, or vice versa. You might like your collaborator's writing, but are your writing styles compatible with each other? Is it painfully clear who wrote which scenes? Just because you like someone's work doesn't mean you should collaborate with them. And more than that, collaborations can go south on tiny things. You will be spending a great deal of time in each other's company. You will be in each other's homes. You will be eating the same food. You will be hanging out with their friends and they with yours. At some point, they will do something to hurt your feelings and probably vice versa. Many of the adjustments you have to make when you first marry someone, you will have to make when you collaborate with someone. And most important of all, you must both be telling the same story. If you have different ideas about the theme, structure, or how the story should be told, it's not going to work. If one person is not open to hearing criticism or rewriting, it's not going to work. If one of you is more enthusiastic about the project than the other, it's not going to work. I personally have only co-written two pieces in my life. Not that I haven't had the opportunity to co-write more. They were only entered into after careful thought. And this I'm talking about, I co-wrote a film with someone and I co-wrote a play with somebody. I'm not talking about instances where I collaborated with a composer or whatnot. Those are much more frequent for me. But here's a checklist for when you're deciding whether or not to co-write a piece with someone. It's really good to go down these and answer the questions before you decide to enter into it or not. Number one, why are we interested in telling this story? Are we unified in our reasoning? Two, do I respect this person as an artist? Three, do I respect this person as a human being? Four, is this person open to critiques and rewriting? Five, am I open and comfortable with receiving critiques from them? Six, is this someone that I want to spend many hours with every week for months and possibly years? Seven, is this someone I can see being in my life for a very, very long time? Eight. If this person and I are not getting along personally, are we both able to put that aside and maintain a professional relationship? 9. Is there a reason why it is more beneficial to write this story with this person than it would be for either one of us to write it alone? The fact that we could hang out and it would be more fun is not an acceptable reason. This is one of the most important questions on my list. 10. Does working with this person inspire me or make me feel worse about myself and my abilities? If you have not positively answered every one of these questions, do not enter into a co-authorship. I'll use one of my collaborators as an example. He and I wrote a play together, and I answered all the questions in the affirmative before I started working with him. I don't want to go into all of the specifics because collaborating is a very personal thing, and I don't necessarily want to talk about all the details of our personal collaboration. I'm just using it as a general example right now. 
For question number nine, I would say that my collaborator and I, while sharing similar artistic likes and vocabulary, each have different areas of expertise and different artistic backgrounds. We're therefore able to complement each other with our strengths. So once you've decided to co-write, sit down with your collaborator and establish the following. Number one, while friendship is a helpful aspect of collaboration, it is not a necessary aspect. I repeat, as sad as it may sound, it is not necessary for collaborators to be friends. If you are friends, put it to the side when you are actually working. My collaborators and I often vocally establish professional time and friend time when we're together. Talk beforehand about what your professional relationship will be. This includes potentially drawing up contracts, establishing credit and royalty percentages, as well as what your actual process will be. No, do not think, oh, but we'll be fine, we're buddies, we don't need a contract. Think in terms of a worst case scenario. You do, I don't care how close you are. This will also prevent any potential business issues from destroying a friendship if one already exists. On the flip side, being co-writers means you're going to have to get personal with each other to a degree. You will be spending a lot of time with each other and talking about the emotional issues you're writing about. Personal things are gonna come up. You may be good friends, you may not, but you need to be able to listen to and support each other as caring adults regardless. Two. Spend a lot, and I mean a lot of time, talking before you actually start writing. Talk about what excites you about the project. Be very clear and unified about what the theme of your story is. Exchange movies, books, music, etc. that you think are relevant and inspiring to your project. Create a very detailed outline for your story. Talk about the characters. This can last for weeks. <laughs> the more unified you are now, the more heartache you'll save later. Talk through each scene in detail. While you may come up with wonderful things when actually writing, neither of you should be hugely surprised by plot, structure, character development, voice, and general action when reading pages the other has finished. Three, discuss what your writing process will look like. Who will write what? How will rewrites happen? Are you comfortable with the other person making changes to scenes you have already written, or do you want them to run all changes by you first? How do you each like to receive criticism? How do you both like to structure? Can you combine your methods? Number four, stick to the process you have decided upon. Five, be generous with your collaborator and go out of your way to understand and support their process. In theory, they should be doing the same for you. If they have a favorite book on writing and always use the basic outline said book suggests, read the book. Likewise, pass on materials that have become a part of your vocabulary. Read everything the other has written. Learn their strengths and weaknesses, but only as a means toward better collaboration. Above all, support them. Go see their shows. In essence, be the best boyfriend-girlfriend ever. Six, despite the marriage and boyfriend-girlfriend analogy, never become romantically involved with your collaborator. There are two exceptions. One, if you have finished work on a particular project and are not actually in the process of writing together. Two, if you are 110% sure that said romance will end in marriage, long-lasting, forever marriage, remember, co-writers are co-writers for life. There is no such thing as true divorce. Six, be honest. If something is done or said in a way that upsets you, be sensitively upfront about it as soon as possible. Don't get angry, but calmly explain how said action affected you and try to resolve it quickly. You don't want things to boil up between you. This way you can also learn more about your collaborator and can develop a stronger shorthand between you. Honesty also means keeping promises. If you say you'll have a scene to your collaborator by Friday morning, make sure they have it by Friday morning at the latest. 
Of course, emergencies happen, but by and large, you should be on time, preferably early. Don't be the one who has to be given fake deadlines to make sure you actually get things in on time. As Neil Gaiman says, you must have two of the following three to be successful. Talented, on time, or nice. You can be talented and nice, but not on time. You can be on time and nice, but not talented, etc. I'll go a step further and suggest you keep all your bases covered. Be talented, on time, and nice. It'll only help you. You and your collaborator will be on intimate terms whether you like it or not. In a dream scenario, your work will be picked up by a producer and be very successful. But keep in mind, as wonderful as that may be, you and your collaborator will be jointly responsible for every decision a writer has to make. There is no swing vote. There is no majority rules. You must both agree on a director, cast, design team, and concept, contractual negotiations, etc. You will both disagree about something somewhere, and you need to know you're working with a person you can come out the other side of it with. No matter what your personal relationship, you will still have to attend opening nights and premieres with this person, do interviews with them, if your work is successful, forever. Number two, separate but equal collaboration. While many of the same rules apply, this kind of collaboration has a little more wiggle room. This type of collaboration, as I said, refers to situations where the collaborators, while equal contributors, do not have the same job. The best example is in musical theater. You might have one person writing the book, the script, one writing the lyrics, and one writing the music. Often you may have one person writing the book and lyrics and another writing the music, in which case more of the co-writing issues above come into play since there is no tiebreaker in decision making. However, because the work, though collaborative, exists in two different mediums, words and music, it is more possible to separate responsibility and contribution. On the flip side, you may have multiple composers or even composer lyricists. Due to slightly gray copyright laws, musicals very frequently are considered joint works, whether the contributions can be separated or not. This is helpful in one respect, namely producers can't try to play collaborators against each other, but difficult if there is a genuine desire by both parties to separate their work. This gets fuzzy and is something to be discussed before entering into a collaboration. But in essence, if I have written music for a song and I don't like the lyricist I'm working with, I can always take my music and have someone else do new lyrics. Case in point, Andrew Lloyd Webber replacing the original Phantom of the Opera lyricist with lyricist Charles Hart. You do have to be careful of copyright infringement. The new lyrics must be truly new lyrics, but it is possible to separate your work. It also means you or your collaborators can be fired. In the play I'm currently co-writing, the production team could, in theory, though this gets into tricky legal water as well since a playwright does have the option to withdraw their contribution and keep a show from opening if they don't like the way a production is going, if I'm causing major problems, ban me from rehearsal, but they couldn't ever fire me. If, however, someone has only contributed in one area, it is possible to replace them within legal parameters. But on the whole, the same rules apply as in the section on co-authorship. The not needing to be friends, I think, applies even more here since you're all doing different jobs. I have several composers who I collaborate with often. I like them all very much, but I will decide who to approach on a new project based on how right I think their style is for the show, not on who I most want to hang out with. Sometimes that may mean working with somebody completely new, but it's about the work first, and I always go through both checklists listed above. Number three, ensemble collaboration. This refers to all other types of collaboration. Designers and directors, actors and actors, actors and directors, writers and directors, basically everything that goes on in a rehearsal process. 
Actors and designers are in a unique position in that most often they are being hired as opposed to being a part of a mutual decision to form an equal collaboration. But no matter in what capacity you're going to be working with someone, this is one of the most important pieces of advice I can give. And it most especially relates to writers deciding to work with a director since they will literally be handing their baby over to this director and have them interpret their work. You ready? If you decide to collaborate with someone, you must give them your full trust. If you do not fully trust them, don't work with them. We've all seen it. Writers who are completely uncompromising in the rehearsal room, not listening to feedback, treating each word as solid gold. Actors who argue about a scene's interpretation, directors who constantly criticize actors, etc. This can stem from a lot of things, but I think it boils down to trust. Someone doesn't trust someone else to do their job. Either this is coming from naivete and insecurity, or it's because the person in question really doesn't know how to do their job. Only you can decide which it is. If it's incompetence, you shouldn't be working with them. If they in fact are doing a good job, then you need to start acting like a collaborator. In the best circumstances, everyone in a rehearsal room should be treated as an equal collaborator. Here are some suggestions to help that happen. One, treat everyone as equal treat everyone as collaborators. This means that you are not the most important person in the room. Likewise, your opinions are just as important as everyone else's. Stick to your area of focus, i.e. don't start giving inappropriate suggestions for things that don't concern you, but when it is appropriate, feel free to be a part of the conversation. And if you are the director, if you really treat everyone as a collaborator, you will do worlds for the quality of the show and morale. Be a benevolent leader, not a dictator. Two. Know when it's appropriate to say your piece. My general advice is this. Once you're in the rehearsal room, the director is the captain of the ship. Unless something they say confuses you to the degree that you will not be able to do what is being asked, in which case ask for clarification, just get on with it. However, make time before rehearsal to make sure you get to share anything you think is important. When I'm the writer, I always sit down with the director well before rehearsals begin and share everything I could ever want to say about my work. We talk about it. Then I know that the director has all the information I have and can trust that it will be utilized when necessary while working on the show. The same as an actor. Usually you'll have time during table work, but when I'm acting, I will have a discussion with the director where we can get on the same page and I can ask questions before blocking starts. If you're directing, you should make sure you're getting together with the writer, actors, musical director, etc. before rehearsal. If something comes up in rehearsal that you disagree with, especially as the writer, I highly suggest asking if you can have a chance to discuss it after rehearsal, away from the rest of the company. Again, all collaboration is in some ways like a marriage. Keep disagreements private. Three, be a giving collaborator, not a taking collaborator. How can you most effectively help your collaborators do their job to the best of their ability? Go out of your way to make their job as easy as possible. If they need something, be happy and eager to do it. Four, know how to ask for what you need. If you need more time to work on something, ask for it. If you need time to discuss an issue, ask for it. If you need extra help, ask for it. If you need to hear your harmony again, ask. A professional is someone who knows what they need and asks. Do your job efficiently, but know what will best help you to do it. Unless you're asking for things constantly, no one will begrudge giving you what you need. Hey, helping you be your best means making the whole show better, and it's so much nicer than just having to guess that someone needs something. It'll be more of a problem if you never speak up. Then nothing will ever get accomplished. 
It'll eventually come out during tech when there's no time to do anything about it, and then everyone will just be frustrated. 5. Be willing to try anything once. Unless you feel unsafe or do not feel that the suggestion is coming from any sort of trustworthy place, in which case see, don't work with someone untrustworthy, try anything once. Try that new line. Try the new objective. Try adjusting that scene. The worst that can happen is it doesn't work, and you go back to what you were doing before. Be brave. 6. Stand up for your work when truly appropriate. After the try everything once rule, if you really feel strongly about something, say so. The more giving and generous you are, the more you're apt to be respected when you do nicely give a strong opinion about something. Then it's everyone else's turn to exercise the try everything once rule. It's only fair. 7. Listen to the feedback you're getting. This is especially for writers. You don't have to listen to how people are telling you to fix something, but if multiple people are consistently telling you to fix something, you need to listen. Try to get down to the essence of what is not clear. Sometimes that means asking questions and translating a comment into vocabulary that's helpful for you. Then it's your job to fix it however you think is best. But if there's an issue, don't ignore it. And whatever you do, don't try to justify it by blaming it on the acting, directing, line reading, or anything else. Your work should be actor-director proof. Then having great actors-directors will only make it better. Remember your theme, your reason for doing the show, won't change. But there are a thousand ways to express it. I like to think of it like doing a crossword puzzle. The clue won't change, but there are many, many words that could work as the answer. You just have to find the one that fits in the allotted space. But the clue never changes. Same with the theme. And that's why you started working on the show in the first place. 8. Be humble. Seriously, make humble your default setting. 9. Be confident. But remember, humility still comes first. Be humbly confident. 10. Learn from everyone. 11. The show is the most important thing. The show is more important than you or anyone else. Everything must be in service of the show. The rules above become somewhat of a moot point when you are not working with capable, trustworthy artists. In those instances, focus on number 8, 9, and 11, but do what needs to be done to protect the show. Always make it a learning experience, though. Why did you find yourself in this situation? How can you try to prevent it from happening again? One minor suggestion I have if you're a writer is if I'm looking to work with somebody as a director for the first time, I'll usually try to work with them first doing a staged reading. A staged reading is relatively low stakes. It's people at music stands, you have less rehearsal time, at the end of the day you're reading the play in front of an audience, there's really not too much that can get screwed up or go wrong. And that gives you an opportunity in a limited setting to try working with a director. See if you collaborate well, see if you like their style, see if there's somebody who walks in a room with great ideas, being very welcome and collaborative, or if there's somebody who walks in, takes control, and completely throws everything that you've ever talked about out the window. Then you can decide if you want to work with them or not in a higher stakes situation where it might be less difficult to decide not to work with them once you're in the middle of a project already. Collaboration, like any meaningful relationship, can be challenging but hugely rewarding. Be the kind of collaborator you want to have, and above all, remember that this is a business relationship. Treat it as such. I will leave you with this quote by Thomas Skullcamp. The secret is to gang up on the problem rather than each other. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we're gonna go through it together.
politics, no fights, no feuds, and no egos. Amigos, together. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. I'm Ashley Griffin, your theatrical Hermione Granger. And if you have any things that you'd like me to talk about in future episodes, please hit me up on social media or on my website, ashleygriffinofficial.com. Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, like Gryffindor with an I instead of a Y. I hope you're all doing really well, and I'll see you next time.